Yankees in there. But uh, you can still watch a 4 p.m. baseball playoff game now. The playoffs are on in the, the middle of the day. Not the World oh, yeah. Series, but playoff games you can watch in the middle of the day. Uh, these are some text messages from last hour's baseball conversation. Dan from EHT. I saw McGuire dancing around the bases and opposing players reacting like, whatever, if that was in the 70s, they would have plunked them every other at bat. That was another thing, which was um, the, uh, you know, McGuire was like, you know, high-fiving guys around first base and stuff when he was hitting all these. Like, it was encapsulating everything. Uh, Griffey was the closest we would have to Maris at 56 if zero PEDs was used. Actually, I think... um, Ryan Howard had a run one year. He had like 49 homers going into September one year. He ended up with 58 that year. Remember that year? Howard, what was that, like uh, 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 09, something like that? Now, do you think that – remember that spurt where he was getting booed, and I mean booed so brutally? Who? Ryan Howard. Uh, Do you – What year? uh, That was – that was kind of when he was falling apart on the back nine. Things were pretty ugly. He was striking out, same pitches all the time. Yep. Couldn't find a way to oh, hit okay. them. Okay. Uh, don't you think that that was just so, so brutal? I mean, so brutal the way that he was treated here towards the end when things started falling apart. Well, I mean, he was, not only was he falling apart, he was on some bad teams, too. And he was, like, the one guy that was still left. And then people were like, you know, hey, you're blocking people. Like, get it. Move on. Because everybody else had moved on. You know? Utley was no longer here. Rollins was no longer here. Like, everybody was gone except for him. And he was just a shell of himself. He was. But, I mean, the way that he was treated, it was almost as if they forgot what he was able to oh, provide when he was on top of his uh, game. Of course. No, they, there was no question he was not treated very well. Uh, towards the end when he was kind of breaking down. But I want to play this bite from Ed Werder, who covers the Cowboys, on this Zeke Elliott. Uh, apparently, Zeke Elliott is one of several Cowboys who have attract, uh, contracted the coronavirus. Here's what Ed Werder had to say about the possible impact uh, of not only for the Cowboys, but the league in general, what uh, contracting the coronavirus means and how it impacts the entire league i think the bigger issue is the reaction around the league to this development i've talked to two head coaches in the league and both of them really seem to be reluctant to start the season on time there seems to be motivation among nfl head coaches for the league to push back the start of the season one coach telling me how in the hell are you going to bring 90 guys to training camp in a month what if 10 guys get it you quarantine the whole team. And then the other coach said, you know, what happens when four starting offensive linemen get it? What if it's the quarterback room, four of your six receivers, the defensive coaching staff, and just really questioning ultimately the wisdom of playing during a pandemic. That there is what I was talking about, Broads, is Zeke Elliott gets it. Now it's raising eyebrows. It's not just, hey, some random uh, college players from the University of Houston have it, which that happened over the weekend. You know, I told somebody, hey, did you see six players from the University of Houston had the coronavirus? And they were like, all right, whatever, who cares? All right, Zeke Elliott has it now. And what Werder just said there, that coaches are now saying, we got to push back the start of this season. What are we thinking? You know, I thought his point was fine, was fair. 
What if our entire offensive line gets it or four out of the five get it? What if all the coaches get it? What if a you can't be going into this with the possibility that four of your five guys are going to get it. You can't bring 90 guys out there smashing heads every single day. I, I don't understand how people think that this is just going to happen like nothing's, like nothing's going to stand in its way. Well, that's something that I asked Keith Smith a little while ago when the NBA was just talking about the return. I said, look what happens if it's the Western Conference Finals and four of the other team's starters get it, and now you have to play bench guys. And, you know, at that point, he said, look, they still have a lot to figure out. There's still a little bit of information that needs to be discussed when it comes to what's actually going to happen. But that's the case with all of these sports. So if, if they go with the mindset of we can't play at all, if there's one case of coronavirus, then they won't be able to have any sports back at this point. Bro, you know? I, I mean, again, it goes back to, you know, this weekend. Um, people don't care, man. People just don't care. You know, it, many people out there, they want businesses open. They want their lives back. They want to go back to normal. And they don't care because it's not affecting them. Right? Let's be honest. The people in our audience, most people listening, they don't know anybody. They haven't been affected by anybody from this. But the problem is it doesn't matter that you're not. Zeke Elliott has it. And what happens if Zeke Elliott has it? And then five other Cowboys have it. It doesn't just disappear and go away because we don't have the problem here. That's how the whole thing started. That's how it gets from China to here. Nobody here had it, but somebody from here went there and brought it here. So if it's not affecting our area, fine. But other areas are being affected, and they're getting hammered right now. Uh, over 2,000 cases a day they're getting in Texas, in Florida. They're getting hammered again. And everybody's just going outside. We're opening everything back up. Okay, everybody's enjoying themselves. It's nice that we're having a good summer and you're out there and outdoor seating and you can go to the beach and you can do this and it's all fun. But I don't see how they're going to be able to play NFL football in any sort of normalcy with this news uh, with, with Zeke Kelly. I just don't see it happening, dude. I just don't see it happening. I think it definitely put the pause button on some things, no doubt about it. I mean, they're going to have to figure out a lot of stuff. Not that they wouldn't have had to before this occurring, but now that it is official, now that it is out there, it's public, and a big star like Zeke has it, I, I think it just it, it puts the pause button on. But look, we talk about the season starting September, early September. We don't know what's going to happen. We talk about this all the time. It's day by day, week by week right now with all the new information. You ask us five days ago if the NBA is going to return. Our answer is, hell yeah, it's going to return. And then you ask us on Friday, and we go, well, I have no idea. NBA, pushback. NBA different, though. They're going to try, okay, try to be in a bubble situation where they are quarantined in a bubble. The NFL is not talking about quarantining and bubbling their players. They're talking about playing in stadiums with fans. And even if they have no fans, you're still talking about Zeke Elliott has it. Right? Because he's living his life. You're trying to take into account. He just said, how are you going to bring 90 people to training camp? You're going to tell me that all 90 people are going to comply to just come to practice and go home? No. That's the problem. If one guy, let's say 89 guys listen. 
You tell me you're going to get 89 guys on the same page? I don't think so. But let's just say 89 guys are all on the same page, and one guy isn't. And that one guy happens to be Zeke Elliott, and he's the one that got it. And now the other 89 guys who aren't doing anything wrong, they're going home and they're quarantining and going to practice just like they were told. Doesn't matter because Zeke Elliott didn't listen. And there's your problem. Well, that's, what why if football, have- that's why football has a problem. And basketball can get it done if – here's the problem, though. You're trying to now say that every NBA player – what do NBA players like to do? I don't know. Maybe some like to go out to the club. Some like to party a little bit. Some are family men. They're all different. You're going to tell guys who want to go out 20-some years old, sorry, dude, there's no partying for three months. You're not going out. You can't leave this bubble. I mean, it's like you're in the Truman Show. You can't go anywhere. You, you This is your life. You're here for three and a half months. And you got to wonder if some of them are going to have the mindset of, I don't know that I want to be trapped in that bubble for three and a half months. Well, if majority of the players want to, well, then they don't really have a say because majority will rule at that point. But here's the thing. It's it's when you go back to that football scenario, you would think that they're going to have tests almost every day for these guys. So if someone does go out and they come in and they test positive, well, then they're not going to be able to continue to move forward. No, I mean, that you would think that they would have so much testing for these guys. Yes, daily. but that's the problem. Okay, let's say four guys on the offensive line have it, as Werder said. What are you going to do? Play with four replacement players on the offensive you're gonna line? Ha- you're going to have to. But is that better than not having anyone on the field from an NFL business standpoint? It's a disaster, dude. Disaster. Cape May County has top-rated beaches with ample space to spread out. In Cape May County, you can enjoy fine dining, shopping, hiking trails, and more. Make some memories just down the road in Cape May. For information, visit online at escapetothejerseycape.com. Uh, coming up, headlines on the way. Nate Boyer at 3.30. We never stop talking. Want to get in touch with the Sports Bash? Send a text message 609-403-0973. That's 609-403-0973. Hi, 315 Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. We'll get to the headlines in just a second. Nate Boyer. At the bottom of the hour, don't forget the MGPT Top 5 at 5. It's uh, Dad's Week, Father's Day this weekend. We got our favorite TV dads today. That should be a good one. Absolutely. Headlines is sponsored by DraftKings, and we have another full weekend of golf ahead of us. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including player props, day-by-day action, and even hole-by-hole live betting. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds and promotions throughout the weekend. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 973. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so before we jump into the headlines, I want to play this bite just to kind of finish off our conversation. You heard what Werder had to say about the NFL, right? That's Zeke Elliott, Cowboys, multiple Cowboys, several Texans. They have tested positive coronavirus. What about in the NBA? I suspect that people are going to test positive. Um, if we put 22 teams and we start doing the testing next week, uh, Tim, I think that there's a decent chance that that that's going to start to happen. And this thing is going to get real, real quick. And if there's some people who start testing positive, that's going to be a bit of a shock to the system too, even though they've prepared for this 
and they are expecting this. Michelle Roberts said in an interview uh, over the weekend that she says it's not an if, it's a when players test positive. So, But even the stuff that we think right now is a big deal and skittish, we're going to have another wave of it even before you get to Orlando is my guess. So if that happens, does the NBA just say, you know what, we tried, we got to shut this down? I don't think it's going to be that easy, but if they dive into it, use a lot of numbers, use a lot of analytics, like they have so much more information than we do on it for the most part. I mean, if they feel the need where they have to, I think it would be a logical supported uh, you know, thought process to do it. But I don't think they're going to go down without a fight against Corona because of how much money is on the board right now. All right. Well, uh, Josina Anderson just texted this out. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. All right. Text just now from a top NFL league source on COVID-19 headlines today that if it impacts their thinking on the timeline for the season, quote, not to me. The key, in my opinion, is accurate and timely testing. I already assume there will be some positive test along the way. So it's kind of what I was saying. It's almost like it's not disheartening to hear that Zeke has it. And that's not to say that I don't feel bad for anyone that has it, cowboy or not. Of course, I don't want any person ever to actually have coronavirus. But in terms of when we are discussing sports, I understand that people will test positive. So it's more about what do they do from here more so than people have it. Because we kind of know that people are going to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what you do, though, if people keep getting it. No, that, that's very interesting. And that that does tie into the first headline, by the way, because with the NHL, Phase 2 has kind of kicked off. NHL's return to play plans, and people are kind of getting motivated for that July 10th date. Was there a you Boston to- Bruin that tested positive over the weekend? Boston Bruin and an Arizona Coyote staff member. We don't know exactly what they do, but a Coyote staff member on Saturday, they put out the press release. So you're starting to see NHL guys now test positive. But I think... When we talk about the NHL, I don't know if that's going to stop them. Like, I feel like they are so determined and so focused on making sure that there is a champion this year that that I don't see them stopping the season for coronavirus. Would you disagree with that? Uh, Yes and no. How many get it? What level of player has it? How many on one team? I don't even think how many on one team matters. They will just have, sadly, a harder wall to climb, if you will. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. It's going to be unfortunate for that team, but they would just have to rock some AHL guys. Like, I know, for example, one of my good buddies, he's he's up and down between the NHL and the AHL, and there's a thing called a black ace. And during this time, those black aces have to go there, and he's one of them where he just has to stay in shape, get bag skated, and just in case something happens, he's going to get a phone call. So his game plan for this entire stretch run is just go there, work his ass off, get bag skated fully, and then just wait for his chance or his call up, whether he's in the lineup because he's playing well or because someone gets the coronavirus. Now let me ask you this. Let's uh, take, for instance, um, we'll go with the Flyers here. Let's say Claude Giroux ends up getting the the coronavirus. Isn't that impactful to the the league and and an upper echelon team in their league that they would have to consider whether, I I mean, do you keep playing under those circumstances? I think you do, yeah. Because here's the thing. What's the alternative? You're you're shutting down the entire league and having no sort of revenue? Like, to them... They're looking at this from a business side because that's what they're supposed to do. And that's not saying they don't care about the player's health because if they take the proper 
the proper protocols moving forward, they can make sure that their players are in the best position possible if they do test positive. But I think they value the, the money and the TV rights and all that because that's what they do as a business, you know? Like, are you going to shut down the entire league because Claude Giroux has it? Or does Sean Couturier slide up in his position and then you have another player slide up and from there you plug and play? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else you can do it. Here, here's a, I, I feel like so many people out there felt that the athletes going back to play were beyond being able to get it. In other words, they were focused on going back to playing and keeping themselves quarantined and getting themselves prepared to go back and play. And now we're hearing, no, they're, these guys are starting to get it just like everybody else is because they're living their lives and they're going back out. You know, in Texas, you can go out and do whatever you want. So Zeke Elliott's going to say, hey, I'm going to go out and party. I'm a young guy. I'm going to party. So that's why you're seeing a bunch of guys. That's the problem. Okay, Claude Giroux can't do much because Pennsylvania won't let you. If that's even where he is. I don't even know where he is. He might be in Canada. I think. He uh, was, I mean, he's from Canada, but I, I'm pretty positive he's been. Well, now because they have to get back into into the hockey stuff, he's probably in the Philadelphia. Okay, but my area. point is really the, the the teams in the cities that they live in have an impact on this possibility of having more players on one team having things than others. You know, quite frankly, like the New Jersey Devil players, they're not in the playoffs though. They weren't invited, were they? The Rangers, okay, the Ranger players. Uh, they can't. They couldn't do anything, you know, because everything's been shut down for so long here. So you're probably not going to hear about Ranger players, but although, a, I don't know, it, it just seems like you could have a big problem if you're in a spot like the Dallas Stars. Are they in the playoffs? Uh, I believe so, yeah. All right, Dallas Stars. What happens if six guys on the Dallas Stars get it? What are you going to do, shut down the whole playoff tournament? Well, they, sh they shouldn't, in my opinion. They shouldn't. I mean, you, you just can't, but... The one thing that interests me with this whole NBA thing, if everyone has been tested, right, and since they're in the bubble in the Walt Disney World, it's a little different discussion than the NFL, but if everyone has been tested and just say everyone is negative, nobody has coronavirus. So if everybody gets tested daily if and you they're start, stuck in this... If you start, you're saying, the bubble with nobody positive. Well, yes, because here's the reason why I say that. I think the way to do it, and if they're smart enough, they would do it this way, is you start testing people prior to going to Orlando. So if you do test positive now, you quarantine yourself. So by the time it's July, then you are you don't have it anymore, right? So start the testing now if you're the NBA. Figure out if you have it or not. So then by the time you, you go to Orlando, you know you don't have it. And from there, how do you get it if you're staying in this bubble in Orlando? Like, it, it seems... Like there would be no one to get it if they're getting tested positive or they're testing negative every single day and nobody has it. How do you get it at that point? All right, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. On the other side, uh, former NFL veteran, uh, U.S. Army Green Beret, Nate Boyer, will tell his story uh, about the time he told Colin Kaepernick, hey, you should take a knee. He'll explain that whole story. We'll get a lot of details on it, and that's coming up next. 3 ESPN, Nate Boyer, multiple tours of duty for the Army in both Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan uh, played with the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and um, we're going to talk to him a little bit about his story. His story, by the way, is unbelievable. Uh, here's a guy who served a couple tours, comes back, 
young man. He decides, I want to go try to play football. And uh, the story of him just getting into college and as a walk-on and then how he basically made his way uh, as an older guy to the NFL Combine, going undrafted in the 2015 draft. He ends up signing with the Seahawks, uh, played a handful of plays with the Seahawks, and then he gets released. And then during the 2016 preseason, he gets picked up by the San Francisco 49ers. And really, uh, the story Colin Kaepernick had been sitting during the National Anthem. And then Nate Boyer walked over to him and essentially advised Kaepernick that he should not stand, uh, that if he could not stand for the flag, that he should take a knee, that that would be a more respectful way to protest. And the rest is kind of history. Here we are now with uh, a lot of stuff going on in this world, and Nate Boyer is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3. Now, have you had, had you had heard this story about Boyer in the past? I knew of it, but I obviously dove a lot deeper into it once we this started discussing it last week. So, but I did not know all of it as much as I do now with his background and all of it. It it, it is a remarkable story. Yeah, he has certainly um, been an interesting figure with all this uh, social justice going on because obviously he's a white guy uh, who went up to Colin Kaepernick and said, "Hey, as a Army veteran, Green Beret, served multiple tours of duty." He is saying to Colin Kaepernick, I don't have a problem with you kneeling. That is a sign of respect. Now, he has said in previous interviews that, hey, if you're going to, uh, you know, what do you do when a guy gets hurt on the field? You kneel around the guy. Like, that's a sign of res- that you have a respect for this guy and him being injured and that you're thinking about him. Uh, he has said many times that uh, he's not, um, that he himself would not choose to kneel. But he is not offended by Kaepernick or anybody else making that decision. And by the way, uh, you saw over the weekend, uh, Bill O'Brien has said that he will also kneel. You now see Baker Mayfield has come out, uh, among many other NFL players who are now going to say. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I think the MLS has essentially said they are not going to have uh, the anthem being played. I think they decided to, to just not do it anymore. Well, that's interesting, and that's something I was going to actually ask him. You know, from from his standpoint, I, I wonder how he feels about that because I don't know. Maybe the the people who who did serve and do serve now, they might support Colin Kaepernick and everything that he's doing when it comes to the national anthem. But I don't know how they would feel if they actually take it away as well. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's been something that has been discussed by a lot of people in terms of, hey, is is this something that is. You know, is it a necessity to play this before before games? A lot of people thought, uh, because apparently um, the Army has uh, paid money to be a sponsor of the NFL, and that's one of the reasons that they ended up playing it. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Well, it's one of the reasons, yeah, that you see a lot of the interactions between, you know, the NFL and the Army is uh, they are, you know, they put a lot of money into the NFL. Well, I do know purposes. that they were a part of, you know, that there was definitely money involved, but I just didn't know that it all started and generated with just the fact that they were going to play the, the national anthem as if that's part of the sponsorship. I, I do understand that there is some sort of sponsorship program between the two parties, but I didn't realize the national anthem was a part of that as a whole. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Though. But, yeah, it is pretty interesting to to see it from this side, having somebody who – has been in the army and been such a high level as well, and then he's going to have to 
um, you know, defend what Colin Kaepernick did and, and proved everybody that, look, it's, it's not about that. Just be interesting. Well, and that's the big thing. I think, you know, we're talking about having tough conversations with people. People don't want to hear something that doesn't fit their narrative. So anytime you have this conversation about the Kaepernick stuff and you mention this Boyer story, they don't want to hear the Boyer story. You know how many people I've asked this weekend if they've ever heard of the Boyer story or if they know of Boyer, and they all say no. Because they shut themselves down when it gets to that point. They don't want to hear that a military man uh, supported Kaepernick because that doesn't fit the narrative of that's disrespectful. But there's so many military people that support, so many military people that support what Kaepernick did. So it's hard to run away from that if you're on the other side. Uh, well, it's hard to run away from a lot of things, but you do when it doesn't fit your narrative. Anytime that something doesn't sound right, you tear it down. You try to find ways to make it not sound as credible. But here's a guy who's saying, no, I, I'm the guy that uh, told him. Kneeling is a sign of respect. It's just it's crazy to think about. You know, that to this day, to this day, we are still sitting here discussing the Colin Kaepernick thing. I mean, it seems like just yesterday it all started with how everything's been flying. All these years have been been going through, but it's been a long time since Kaepernick actually took his stance and kneeled. And it still has a very powerful message behind it. I mean, that just shows you how iconic this really is as a whole. I mean, this is something that goes down in the history of sports and will be discussed for almost eternity when it comes to the NFL. I mean, I don't see how this story ever gets passed when people talk about what happened in this era of the NFL. Um, no, and I'm very interested. Uh, we're trying to get Nate on the line. We have a little problem with his phone that uh, we're trying to connect with here. So uh, we are working on that. We are calling from a couple different lines here, trying to get in touch with Nate. Uh, but I'm interested to see if he thinks after this statement, if things will change. The one from a week ago, the NFL coming out. And whether he thinks that Goodell has kind of suppressed signing Kaepernick or if that was the owner's thoughts. Well, I wonder, too, because you remember that there was a settlement involved. So I wonder if in that settlement something is said where – is he? do you think it's possible that in the settlement there's a, a, a statement that claims he might not be allowed back in the league, or is that a little too far-stretched to think about? Um, no, I wouldn't think that would be the case. I think you would have probably found that out by now. Now, there's some reports that – because there's reports – first off, the NFL sponsored, half-assedly, by the way, a workout for Kaepernick last year. Yeah, a lot of people didn't show up. Or what was it? They forced one person or personnel p person from one team had to be there, but it could be anyone. It could literally be like an equipment manager or something. Wasn't there some bogus? There was a whole heck of a lot that he wasn't comfortable with, the way that the league tried to, you know, rig it a little bit. And Yeah, they made going... it on a weekend where teams wouldn't be allowed, like, there would be big games where obviously they wouldn't send anyone in port. And I remember there was some sort of bogus flaws involved with how they set that whole thing up yeah well and he ended up moving it to his own spot and he ended up basically um you know having his own people film it and that kind of stuff but there were some reports today that essentially saying that he wants to come back and he wants to play that's been his goal that he wants to come back and play so it's not you know out of it's not like he has said i don't want to do this anymore like i don't want to play i'm past that part of my life because he hasn't played for three years 
Yeah, no, I'm sure he's I'm sure he is motivated more than ever to come back. And when you mentioned how powerful this message would be from the NFL and I'm just picturing Bill O'Brien, JJ Watt, all of these players. I mean, if you're talking about I'm just spitballing a number, but just say 80% of the league kneels during the national anthem or 75% or anything, even if it's 50%. Think about how important that really is to what's going on here and how how impactful that message is if 50 to 60% of people are kneeling before every game, including here's the difference, including coaches, because I think that changes the game. When you see Bill O'Brien kneel, we can make fun of him for horrible trades all we want and what type of GM he is. If if Bill O'Brien and all these other coaches are kneeling for the national anthem, uh, I think that is so big, so huge. And that message will be heard and heard by a lot of people. It, you would think. Now, the question would be, um, will this be a weekly thing? Will it be a one-time thing where the whole league just kind of all agrees together? Like, let's, you know, do something? Or is it going to be a weekly thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think it would be a one-time thing. I think this is way too important for it to just be, hey, let's do it in September. And then from September through January, February, the league won't ever mention it again. I just think that this is way too important for that to happen. So I think it will be in every single week kind of thing. It would have to be. That's the only way you kind of keep the message alive. And that's why you're seeing these protests happen every single weekend or every single, you know, in all these cities all the time. You're seeing them and you're seeing them continue to to go out there and make their statement. So I can't imagine it being a one-time thing. Yeah, and I'm a little, um, you know, I saw over the weekend um, Baker Mayfield's comments. Did you see Baker Mayfield? Yes, I did. Yeah, and Boyer responded to him essentially saying, like, you've got a fan for me now uh, because Mayfield said, listen, you know, essentially was kind of saying he wasn't educated on this topic. What's essentially like the message that I got from it, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I, I agree with you, and with Baker Mayfield, with all of these guys, and, and the one thing that I, I think about when we talk about kneeling is, you know how outspoken Jerry Jones is when it comes to kneeling for the national anthem. And could you imagine if every single team in the league does this and makes that powerful statement and it makes sure their voice is heard, except for the Dallas Cowboys? Could you imagine that being a thing because Jerry Jones doesn't want his team to do it? So every team in the league has some sort of player kneeling or doing something to be heard, and then all of the Dallas Cowboys just not making any sort of noise around it. I could see it happening, can't yeah. you? Well, and you remember, wasn't the Cowboys the team that all came out together and then took a knee at the half uh, at uh, the fifty yard line and then kind of turned back around? Didn't they? Yeah, do they that? did something, but it was just not during the national anthem. Right. So I would be interested because there have been Cowboys who have kind of come out and said they think that Jones or former Cowboys, I want to say that they think that Jones has kind of uh, uh, not in touch with what's going on. Well, that's not surprising. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people in that locker room that feel very strong about what's going on. And if you're going to take that away from them, if you're going to take away the freedom to be able to do what they want to do. I mean, I don't think that that's going to go over very well, especially if you got guys on other teams being able to do it openly and and everyone being supportive of it. So I wonder if that creates some sort of head-to-head battles inside the organization itself. 
Yeah, uh, and we apologize. We're trying to get in touch with Nate. We're having some phone issues on his end there uh, that we're trying to figure out another way to kind of get him uh, through here. Um, unfortunately, I mean, he did. He actually retweeted that he was going to be on the show today. So uh, we're trying to work a way to get him through um, in modern technology. We got to figure out some way to get in touch with the guy. Uh, but you would think that we can probably figure out a way to get him on here. Hopefully, um, we will be able to do so because one of the things I would like to ask him. Uh, regarding this, what's the end game, number one, for Kaepernick? Has he kept in touch with Kaepernick? I would think so. Will you? I have no idea. Like, this guy is such a part of this story now. But the only thing people know about this story is that Kaepernick kneeled. Most people have no understanding of why he kneeled. They just know about Kaepernick kneeling. But this guy is just as much of that story as Kaepernick is. Oh, he definitely is. But think about this. What if me and you, and this is obviously to a minor level because our what I'm about to say isn't the same as uh, changing racism in this world, but you know, what if me and you did something so historic when it comes to sports talk radio that it, that it changes the sports talk radio world, right? Sort of like, you know, the the first to ever do it kind of thing. We all know about them. Like someone eventually changed sports talk radio to what it is today. What if we did that and you you were the big you were the big face of it and I was a behind the scenes guy? I think down the road, me and you will always stay in contact. Like, hey, remember when we changed the sports talk radio world? Well, I would imagine that these two have changed the world so much when it comes to this political part of things that you would think they would stay in touch because it's it's such a powerful thing um yes i i guess i don't i, I don't know i mean i don't know does he just call up and be like hey how's life treating you Maybe they keep in touch with this movement. I mean, Kaepernick has been involved with this movement since it all went down. Maybe there's some ways that they're still continuing that battle together to make sure that they keep it on the right page and they move forward and they try and change this world to be the right way. Uh, I got a text that says, uh, fans aren't kneeling and we pay their salaries. They're going down the wrong road. I disagree with that guy. I Me think too. that's the mentality of the fan that has lost touch. Yep. Yeah, some fans aren't kneeling, but there's others that are. See, people think that their way is the only way. Right? Imagine they this, Gil. Imagine if there is the, the thing is because of coronavirus, we don't know exactly how it's going to be. But one day there will be a lot of fans in stands. We hope. I mean, please tell me one day there will be fans in the stands. Imagine a moment where everyone is kneeling, including the fans. Now, you won't get all of them to do it, but just imagine if a good portion of 65,000 that are in an NFL stadium are taking the same exact uh, way as the players, and you just see a, an overhead shot from an airplane or something. It's all on the TV broadcast. I mean, fans now putting fists up in the air and, and making sure their voices are heard as well. Uh, I'm interested to see that if that does happen. You're right. I mean, this guy's saying that fans aren't kneeling. We, we pay the salaries going down the wrong road. Going down the wrong road in that guy's eyes. What about the other people who think that that guy's going down the wrong road? Now, the problem is, what's the middle ground? You're right. The guy's right in some aspect. You're going to turn off that guy, but you're going to be turning on other people. We're on the other side. You appeased that guy the last time, but you turned off all these other people. 
The problem is that guy doesn't care about the other people. <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? And oh, most, yeah, no, and, I totally get it. And that's not to it. say that the other side maybe doesn't care about him. Oh, yeah, they definitely don't care about him either. But here's the thing. We talked about this before. Football is king. And look, that guy who loves the Eagles or loves whatever team he loves, eventually, whether he boycotts for two, three, four months, he's been loving Eagles football for so long or whatever team he loves, eventually you're going to want to watch football again. I mean, ultimately, you will want to watch the sport of football again because you love it. It's your passion. It's it's why we were sports fans. You love the sport of football. So really, the NFL holds all the cards because that person is going to want to show their love for the game eventually, and how else is he going to be able to do it? Pretend he likes a specific college football team down south that might support his logic? I mean, I can't see that happening. Uh, I would also say, and we've talked about this before, that that the NFL doesn't need to blink to anybody. Right? If you're not going to watch, somebody else will. If you're not going to consume it as an entertainment product, and if you're one of those people that says, well, I don't like when somebody voices their political opinion, so therefore I'm not going to watch their movies or listen to their music, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like there's plenty of people that I don't like their message, but I don't not watch their stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah, I've been in an environment that was so brutal. It was a commercial, and, and this person was – it made it, it, honestly, it made me feel so uncomfortable that they live their life to this degree. But he, he's a, a hard right, and he's, he's a conservative. And on a commercial – we were watching a football game, and on a commercial, a, a, a Democrat came up on the screen, and he flipping out, changing the channel, turning the TV off. I'm like, dude, it was a commercial for soap. I mean, it was a commercial for soap. She, you know, the person on the screen, she had, she wasn't saying anything about politics. It was for a bar of soap. And you're going to change the channel because you can't stand it. I mean, that's where I draw the line. You can be, you could be a conservative. You could be on the right side. You could be a Democrat. You could be on the left side. I won't judge you. But if you're going to then change the channel because of a soap commercial because one person feels one way i think you're looking into it way too heavily and that's my personal opinion on oh i I, believe me i can't understand that mindset i just don't get it i I don't have that mindset i just don't care enough about what other people think i could disagree with you wholeheartedly i just don't care that i disagree with you i respect that i disagree with you that's what life's about if we all thought exactly the same something would be wrong and that's where, like, that guy who texted in about, you know, the, you know, the fans don't aren't there. The whole concept of do it someplace else. The reason that they chose that platform is because if they do it someplace else, the message doesn't go to anybody. You know what I'm saying? No, like, absolutely. And and we got a text in here saying fans kneeling. Come on, guys. Like. I, what do you mean? I mean, there's protests every single day, right? I mean, there's protests all over the world right now. To think that if when there's fans in a stadium that some won't take the same exact way as the players, I mean, that would be silly. Of, of course there will be people that will support the players and maybe take part of it as well. I don't think that that's a ridiculous thing to think at all. I think at this point everything is 50-50 or 60-40, or 40-60, or whatever. I don't, there's not going to be a consensus on anything. 
right? I mean, no, no yeah, matter no, what, definitely not. that's why I say the NFL doesn't need to blink. They don't need uh, to change their opinion. They can do whatever they want to do at this point because if they do one thing, they're going to tick off the other side. And if they do this thing, they're going to tick off. So just do what you want to do. Do what you think is right. The NFL does not need to succumb to anybody in this situation. Do what they morally feel is the right thing to do. Last time they did, and they appeased one side. Well, now this time, they might feel differently. And it feels like the NFL has decided the last time, you know what? We sided with the wrong people. We sided with the wrong side. And now here we are. Four years later, and we feel a little different about what uh, about our stance, and that's why we're going to. I think you're going to see in the in the football season, it's probably going to tick a lot of people off, but you're going to see changes, no question about it. I think that's what they did do, though. A lot of people are questioning Roger Goodell. Did he actually mean his statement? He didn't mention Colin Kaepernick, and and I will say that he probably should have. But once again, there was some sort of settlement agreed on, so we don't know the details with that. That could change exactly why he didn't say the name or not. But I, I do think he went with his gut feel because, as we both said, you're either going to piss one side off or piss the other side off. So you just go with what you feel is right. And I'm sure that after seeing a, a lot of the conversations around the sports world and the entire world and his players included, he realized, look, there is a problem here. There is a message that needs to be heard and I'm going to support the players in this league. So we are going to take the other side this time around because there is a problem here and we need to support the players in our league and, and let them know that we are on the same page and we might've made a mistake in the past, but that doesn't mean every time moving forward, we have to relate to that mistake that we made. We changed our mind. We understand now. We're looking at it differently. We are hearing your words. Let's move forward together and see if we can make the change that needs to be made. Uh, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Um, now, Boyer, I just got in contact with him on a direct message. So apparently, um, hmm, this is interesting. Now, we're going to try to do something here. Uh, we got a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll see if we can't um, try to. Josh, if you can... He direct messaged us on the on the Twitter account. See if you can kind of connect with him through there, um, and and see if we can't go that route. Something's going on with uh, the phone lines on his side, and we're trying to connect here. Uh, but hopefully, we can do something maybe in just about a half an hour or so with Nate because uh, I definitely think that he would add a lot of layers to the story in terms of how it even happened. You know, like his first thoughts about seeing Kaepernick, you know, sit. That's what happens. Kaepernick sat, right? He sat and he says, look, you look like you're not with your team. They're all standing on the sideline and you're sitting back on the seats by yourself. You have to at least be a part of the team. So go up there and kneel with your team. And that's how this basically kind of came about, is here's this guy who's a military uh, U.S. Army Green Beret, and he says to Colin Kaepernick, you know, don't sit. That's being disrespectful. I don't know if he used the word disrespectful, but I would imagine that that came up, that it doesn't look right that you're not with the rest of your team. And that he explained to Kaepernick that if you take a knee, that that would be respectful. And that you would be with your team, and that you would be able to kind of have your moment and, you know, I'm interested if he's surprised at how much the movement exploded. You know what I mean? Like how no, much this absolutely. all kind of I mean, has taken are off. Are you? Um, quite frankly, no. Um, 
No, because I know people have very strong feelings, but they don't do a lot of research. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. If you told me five years ago that you're going to have a player in the NFL kneel for the national anthem, I would say it played. It would play out exactly how it probably played out. Except uh, I don't know if I would have even mentioned to the point where we are now, which is showing progress, by the way, that it, it's going to almost take a turn for the better, and then people are going to eventually want him on the team. I don't know if I would have guessed it would get to the point where we are now, which is a very good sign that we are progressing, actually. Um, I'm very interested to see if if and when. See, there's so much confusion with the um, – there's so much confusion – with the start of the season now and how it's all going to take off. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things. There's so many different layers to all this. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, even just to start it off, besides just this part, it's about getting everyone on the field as well, just from the whole news with Zeke Elliott. So not just with this whole scenario, the the whole entire thing, unless that's what you were talking about as well with the coronavirus on top of this. All right, uh, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. So at least we do have some uh, back and forth with Nate now on uh, direct message. We'll see if we can't try to reschedule him and uh, get him on either on today or maybe sometime this week because I definitely think it's a great conversation to educate people. If you were somebody who has never heard the, his story and how this all came about. All right, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Football at four on the other side. We'll uh, talk a little NFL.